everyone. Uh, really nice to be with you again and uh, see you after last time I was with you in, I think it was February. It's uh, great to see you. Um, I'm actually going to, we're going we're gonna to team it today. I've um, got a good friend of mine and uh, of many of you, Mike Bollinger, who's going to come in just a second and bring uh, a prophetic word he believes the Lord has given him for the church here. And then I'm going to preach off the back of that. And then um, we're going to look to respond to that word, um, to Mike's word, to my word. Um, and there's um, probably a 50 or 60 or so uh, lead students here today. And those of you who um, are ready to uh, pray for and serve people in, in the church here, we're going to look to uh, mobilize you to pray for people. Um, some of you guys, some of you lead students, God just may touch your heart through the message today, and you may just want to receive, that's fine. But we also, for those who are ready, willing, and able, we'd like to be able to serve the church here. So let's give up for Mike as he comes and shares the word that God has given him. Oh, sorry. Microphone city. Microphones everywhere. Hi, good morning, everybody. Um, as I was praying on, on Monday, uh, I'm going to be teaching and lead this afternoon, and I was going to be here the Sunday morning, and as I was just praying on, on, on Monday, I just felt like, I wonder if God has a word for, for Norwich, and then Steph reached out to me in the afternoon and said, hey, I'm preaching, do you think God might have a word for, for the church in the afternoon, and, and so I was just praying about that, and I just instantly, the picture about the water flowing out from under the door of the temple came to me right away. And I felt like, as I went there in Ezekiel 37, first of all, we've just been mindful that Ezekiel, pardon me, Ezekiel 37 talks about the Valley of Dry Bones. And that's been a season that we have sort of lived in, and not everybody, but the effects of COVID and this past season, and even church-wise, there's been sort of an, an ebb of, of the Holy Spirit. But Ezekiel 47 talks about water from the house. And in this past season, I just feel like God now, I believe God wants to pour out an increase of his Holy Spirit in us and through us. It says the water was flowing from under the threshold of the house. And as a church, we, you were birthed in the river of the Holy Spirit, and you are a people where the river flows. And this is not just like when your bathtub flows over and the water just starts trickling out from under the door. Um, God is speaking of water flowing from the house that was getting deeper and deeper. And it says there that he led Ezekiel through the water. There was a leading. This, is, this water speaks not of a physical temple or a physical building, but it speaks of the Holy Spirit in us uh, individually and as a church body. And the Lord led Ezekiel through deeper measures of the river. And I just felt like God, first of all, wanted to encourage us to be open, to be led by the Lord into increased expressions of the Holy Spirit. That part of what God is doing is he wants to take us out of the season of dryness into the season of abundant provision and abundant flow. And it says, and the river could not wait. I could not wait across it because the water had risen, enough water to swim in. And, and the Lord had led Ezekiel into deeper and deeper waters until he had to swim and he couldn't stand in his own strength. And I felt like there's a response from you and I individually to jump in, to jump in and not, pardon me, not to be afraid of the water. Don't allow fear regarding the Holy Spirit. He says, I didn't give you a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of self-control, sound mind. 
But it also said these waters go out to the eastern region. And I felt like God is doing something with us together, that this also speaks of this river, this water, this Holy Spirit. God wants to do that not only here in Norwich, but to flow into the, the areas in Beckles and, and Great Yarmouth and Lowestoft as well. And it says every living creature where the river goes will live. And as we allow ourselves to be led into more of the Holy Spirit, the river, that, the river will bring life where things have looked dead. And it says, these waters will go and others will be refreshed. And as we allow the Holy Spirit to flow through us, then that river will turn things that were stale into things that are now fresh. But it also says that where this river goes, there'll be lots of fish and fishermen that will stand along the river. Every living creature where, which forms in, swarms in its place where the river goes will live. Very many fish. And I felt like I believe that the purpose of what God is wanting to do in increasing his presence among us is to empower us for a flow of effective, fruitful evangelism. All kinds of trees it talks about as well. So there's not only out of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives that, that there's a great evangelism in, in the catching of many fish, but it also says there's all kinds of trees as well. It speaks of us as, as believers, oaks of righteousness. This river will make us fruitful. More spirit, more fruitfulness. And it says they will bear fruit every month because the river flows from the sanctuary. And, and their fruit will be food, which speaks of provision for, for those that, that are impoverished. And their leaves for healing. I believe there's going to be more spirit and also more demonstrations of healing. More works of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So God says, I will cause the river to flow deeper amongst you. So be open and be led by the Lord into a deeper expression of the Spirit within our own lives and corporately beyond our own efforts. And in this next season, you will be a community where, the, where increasingly the, the river flows from you individually and corporately, flowing out into this region and into our worlds and brings in fruit, fish, food, fruitfulness, and healing. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Wow. I want to preach today a message that will... Um, I felt to sort of speak on John 4, Jesus and the woman at the well. <clears throat> and then Mike mentioned about this word to me, and I thought, well, this is going to go really well together. It's going to help us think about uh, what it means to respond to a word like that. The promise of more water. The promise of supernatural living water. The promise of the Holy Spirit. Um, let's turn in our Bibles to John 4. John chapter 4. If you haven't got a Bible with you, you can elbow someone next to you and say, Can I have a look at your Bible, please? If they haven't got a Bible, ask them to elbow the person next to them. And to ask for their Bible to be brought into the middle so all three of you can look in. If none of you have got Bibles, just listen as I read. Okay. Anyone got any Bibles in the house? Anyone want to wave the Bible? Oh, it's quite a lot of... Uh, yeah, I've wondered how many phones versus how many... Um, There's a bit of a blend there, but mostly, um, mostly old school Bibles. Wherever you're at today, whether you're a... Uh, um, an established member of the church, or you've been here for decades, 
You've known what it is to be filled and filled again with the Holy Spirit. Or whether you're a, it's your first time here, maybe as a believer, you're visiting, or maybe as someone who's interested in Jesus, interested in finding out more. Wherever you're at, I'm hoping and trusting that what I share from the Gospel of John today will touch your heart, will inspire you, will help you, and will strengthen you as we look to Jesus freshly to fill us with his Holy Spirit today. Amen? So let's have a look at this. John chapter 4. When Jesus now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize, but only his disciples, he left Judea and departed again for Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour, which means noon. So you're in the Middle East, and it's noon. It's hot. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Let's leave it there for now. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to begin to explore this passage. Lord, thank you for your word. And we pray, Lord, that as your word is preached today, that you would move powerfully by your spirit into our hearts and lives. I want to pray and ask, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would touch us at the center. I want to pray, Lord, that you'd get right to the heart of us. I want to pray, Lord, that you would reveal things that are going on right in our depths by your spirit in order to minister to us right in the depths of our spirit, in order that we might be transformed, in order that we might be uh, deeply touched by you today and leave here knowing that we've been touched by God. I pray for that in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So it's an unusual scenario because Jesus is sitting, by the way, it's the midday. It's unusual to go out and draw water in the midday uh, because that's not when you generally would do it. It's the worst time of day. Only mad dogs and Englishmen go out in the midday sun. If you live in that part of the world, you don't go out in the midday sun. You stay in the shade. So it's an unusual scenario. We find out later most likely why she's out there at that time of day. That will come later. Um, Jesus is sitting there. He's weary because he's a human. Did you know that? Jesus is not just fully God. He's fully man, genuinely human, wearied from his journey. He's sitting there and he asks her this. It's not, it's not a question, is it? Give me a drink. And it troubles her. She says, well, hold on a minute. You're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. That, they, they, they weren't on talking terms. And not only that, it was inappropriate. It was considered inappropriate to just talk to a woman that you didn't know in public. That wasn't the way it was either. And so she has this, she protests at his initiation. Now, in this scenario, we can see culturally why that's a problem. But I want to take this story today and this interaction and, and use it as a bit of a template into uh, imagining Jesus as Jesus, but us as the woman. Because in this scenario here, he's taken the initiative. Give me a drink. 
she's got a problem with it. She's uncomfortable with it. In her situation, it's because he's a Jew, she's a Samaritan. In her situation, he's a man, she's a woman. It wasn't a done thing. But I want to suggest to you that many, many of us on quite a deep level have a a struggle with believing that Jesus would initiate conversation with us. That it feels in some ways inappropriate. We were looking a little bit at this at Lee yesterday, this whole idea that somehow God's got so much going on that actually the fact that he would would make a move towards me, uh, mindful of who I am, it seems a little bit far-fetched. It seems like, well, how can he do that when he's doing everything else? And when we think about God in finite terms, we get into that, those kinds of problems. Whereas God is not finite, he is infinite, meaning that he can focus on each one of us as if we're the only person in the whole of creation and be doing that with whoever he wants to at exactly the same time. Do you believe that? Four of us do. Well, we are going to help convince the rest by our amens and our faith and our prayers for them as we go through this sermon. I actually believe that for many of us, deep down, there's something of a doubt which leads to an objection about the Lord moving towards us mindfully, personally, calling us by name and showing an interest in us. Even the psalmist himself in Psalm 8, what does he say? He says, what is man that you are mindful of him? We've heard about the holiness of God, the greatness of God, that he is the living God. Well, what is man that you are mindful of him? It, it, in some ways, it's part of, the, part of the journey of getting to a place of confidence in God to ask that question. If you never ask it, you probably haven't understood the greatness of God. Or maybe if you haven't asked it, you have an inflated view of yourself. It's a really appropriate question. What is man that you are mindful of him? And if we, if, we, if we look at Psalm 8, we, rec- we, we recognize two things. Number one, that it's not ultimately about what man is, what is man. Ultimately, it's about what God is like. But secondly, that he has given us a particular dignity in the whole of creation. That he has set us over creation. That he has made us in his image. And therefore, and therefore, in the heart of God, when he looks upon us, he sees something of himself in us. It's different from the rest of creation. And so he moves towards us. He initiates. Salvation is initiated by God. If you know Jesus Christ today, ultimately it's not because you chose him, but because he chose you. I mean, that's extraordinary. But if we're going to get to the point where we enjoy the salvation of God, where we are drinking in, the water that he offers, we need to get through on that and say, do you know what? I'm going to believe this is true. I'm not going to resist it. I'm not going to think of 101 questions, um, reasons as to why God could poss- couldn't possibly choose me or pick me out or call me by name. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. We're not dealing with the God of our own making. You know? <laughs> You want this God to speak to someone. Well, let's carry him over here and stand behind him and do some ventriloquism. This is a God of our making. God mocks, doesn't he, in the Bible, that kind of behavior. When you create a God of your own making, God, this God is not a God of our imagination. We are the result of his imagination. Okay? We are sitting here existing today because he thought us up. Do you believe that? He's the living God. And so he moves towards us. And our objections do not stand a chance. What happens next? Back to John 4. 
It's a wonderful interaction. So she says, well, I'm a woman, I'm, I'm a woman of Samaria. What are you doing talking to me? Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. He doesn't actually answer her question. Did you notice that? <laughs> Jesus is clever like that. He knows where he wants this conversation to go. He knows where he wants to get her. And so he's not going to be sidetracked necessarily, but he will definitely continue the conversation. At this point, Jesus says, and I'm going to just make a really extraordinary and abundant claim about what I want to do for you. Why are you talking with me? Well, here's my answer. If you knew the gift of God, and if you knew who it is that's saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him. And let's read these next words together, please. You would have asked him, and he, so we've got to say it out loud, and he would have given you living water. Not, and he might have given you living water. And he would have thought about giving you living water. And he would have given you living water. It's an extraordinary claim. If you knew who I was and what the gift was, you would have asked me. If you'd, why? Because if you'd known what the gift was, you would have gone, ah, that, I want that. And if you'd known who I was, then you would have dared to believe in my generosity. And then you would have done what? You would have asked. And I would have given. I spoke to you about prayer in February. I wanted to build on that foundation today. Ask and you shall receive. This is so, so important. Because look at her then response to this. She then does something that is quite classic again of humans. He's made this extraordinary claim and promise. And then she says to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself as did his sons and his livestock. Sorry? <laughs> have you just heard what he said? She has now got practical, okay? She wants to talk about the art of drawing water from a well. She wants to talk about the whys and wherefores concerning him and his living water. And then she goes into history about Jacob. She's doing what people classically do. They might be legitimate questions. They might be interesting questions and observations. Um, but the chief thing that's going on here, I want to put it to you, is analysis rather than faith. And analysis will not get from you what you need from the Lord. And we can be chief analysts and ask 101 questions. And at the end of the day, have all those questions answered, historical or whatever else, and, you're, and you end up just as dry. You've got all your questions answered, and you're just as dry as you were before you asked them. Now, there's nothing wrong with asking questions. But if, if analysis is the way you approach the promises of God, if analysis is the way you approach the gospel, if, if, if you are someone who constantly analyzes things until you've picked them apart, and then you analyze the things you've picked apart and pick them apart, something is going on in the way you're uh, approaching this thing that is going to leave you bone dry. 
in some ways, I guess we might say um, that it's, a, it's an adult rather than a childlike response. If I say to my kids, I mean, now they're teenagers, they may not be exactly the same, but when they were kids, we're going to have ice cream. First response, excitement, not analysis. Well, Father, when you say ice cream, I'm looking outside at the weather, and um, it's, it's a little bit, it's a bit not, not as warm as I might like it to be for ice cream. Secondly, have you seen the scoop lately? Because I haven't seen the scoop, and I, I, we need a scoop if we're going to get the ice cream. Third, no, it's ice cream! Then come the practicalities at some point, okay? But there's a response of excitement and uh, anticipation and joy. Why? Because they know, if you knew the gift, they know ice cream. If they knew who it was who says, they know me, it's ice cream, it's dad, game on. It's not analysis. <laughs> it's excitement. It's excitement. If you'd known the gift, and if you'd known who it was, you would have asked, and guess what? I would have given you living water. We're going to ask for the Lord to freshly fill us with his spirit in a few minutes' time, and guess what? He's going to do it. Okay? Why? Well, because he says he will. <laughs> and you can sit around and analyze it all you like, okay? But don't miss what God's going to do. Don't miss what the Lord's going to do. Okay, let's move on. So, um, she said this crazy stuff about how to draw water and Jacob and all of that. He then goes on. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become, listen to this, the water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. <laughs> this is extraordinary. Jesus says, now, can we get back to spiritual realities, please? I'm going to give you some water, and it's not going to just be a drink. Something's going to happen. Something's going to happen to you that as I give you this, something's going to come into you that will then become a source that you can draw on for the whole of your life. And out of which can be a blessing to others. That's a wonderful picture. So when we're filled with the Spirit, I mean, it's a real mystery as believers because you've got kind of two, I, I believe you have the, the Spirit of God just sweeping through, freshly filling us like a, like a wind or like a river through a room. But it's not only that, something is bubbling up from the inside, the deposit of the Spirit of God. His presence inside of you is bubbling up, outflowing out. We're being filled up from the outside and from the inside. I mean, it's just all glory and wonder and ice cream. Amen. Actually, ice cream. I'm trying to refer back to the analogy about excitement earlier. To just get you guys in a place where you're going, do you know what? We haven't got to complicate this. Okay. We're experts at complicating things. We don't need to. Jesus says you have to become like a child to receive the kingdom. It's good to think things through in your understanding, be mature. Yeah, absolutely. 
But once you've understood, and this, this here isn't rocket science, it's spiritual mysteries and wonder and glory, but it's not, you haven't got to be really academic to understand it. It's imagery that's clear. Once you see that this is what it means, then the childlike spirit says, here I am. Fill me up, Lord. Fill me up. Her response, this is great. So give me this. So he's just spoken about this amazing idea of living water and a well and oh wow. Her response, so give me this water so that I won't be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. It's like, oh man. Here we see, so we've looked at being over-analytical. We've looked at objections and doubts that, that God would be mindful of me. We looked at being over-analytical. Here we've got to face the facts of our often superficiality. That we can be shallow people at times. He's just made this amazing promise. She's like, great. If you do this, I won't have to come out here anymore and it's well and, and, and oh, it's boiling out here, isn't it? I can, I can, I can rest indoors. You think, oh, Lord, have mercy. Sometimes we can be so superficial, we can just want an easy life. And this is one of the problems that happens when, when you preach a gospel that essentially and you're saying, follow Jesus and he'll make your life easy. It can, it can appeal to a certain part of us in our mind and in our heart, and it can be very attractive, and people can come to Jesus en masse. But it's not the message. The message is not come to Jesus and he'll make your life easy. It's come to Jesus and he will give you eternal life. He will bring you into a brand new kingdom. He will, he will cause you to be reborn. He will give you a brand new identity. But he will also scoop you up into the purposes of God. And it's, it's glory, it's joy, it's warfare, it's trial, it's breakthrough. It's all of that. It's not an easy life, folks. It's not an easy life. And so it, that, that, our response, oh, if I be filled with the Holy Spirit, life, life will get easy. No, not necessarily. But you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit and you'll be empowered to overcome every trial that comes your way. Yes. Yes. That's more like it. I am preaching it. Tell me how to preach it again. So Jesus says, go and call your husband and come here. Jesus is like, okay, if it's going to be superficial, let's get real. He, he brings in the subjects of her life that will um, either be um, her most painful or her most shameful, or probably she's out there, we don't know for sure, but probably she's out there drawing water at midday because she's, she's become a bit of an outcast in the town. It's very, very likely with her carryings on. It's a possibility. So Jesus, go and call your husband. The conversation continues because she's honest. I haven't got one. It's an important part of the interaction when God's offering you more of his spirit, to be honest. He might touch an area of your life that feels shameful, painful, and you can put the defenses up and start justifying yourself. Or you can be honest. So yeah, no, that's hard. That's part. The aim of my sermon today is to look at this interaction with Jesus and the woman and use it as a model of how we allow the Lord to get to 
the central place. How we actually open up our deepest heart to the Lord. Not just on an intellectual level, but that we say, no, Lord, at the center of who I am, I want to receive water from you. Honesty is key. There's something about religion and, and the subject of God that can cause people to not be honest. People are afraid that honesty will lead to judgment rather than grace. Um, and judgment is a reality, but the Bible says that today is the day of salvation. There's a day that's coming, there is a day of judgment. It's a day of salvation, which means that for all who open up their lives to the Lord honestly in this age, they're not judged, but they're saved. They're forgiven. They're totally rescued. Hallelujah. So she's honest, and we commend her for that. So then Jesus says, after she says, I have no husband, Jesus says, you're right in saying I have no husband. You've had five. You've had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. What you've said is true. This is the moment where Jesus says, I know everything about you. I know everything about you. And I started a conversation with you. I know everything about you, and I moved towards you. I know everything about you, and I've offered you living water. I know everything about you, and I want to be involved with you. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. At this point, I don't know her motives, but it, it seems to me... It seems to me that it's a final attempt at deflection. Because she gets hyper-theological, weirdly theological, abstractly theological, perhaps. I don't know. Maybe that's just my reading of it. But she says, sir, I perceive you're a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain. But you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Mate, you've just had your heart carved open by Jesus. Maybe I'm just so separated from the culture and the time, I don't understand why this would be that important. But obviously it's a big deal to her. It matters to her, or it's a smokescreen. I don't know. I don't know. But Jesus, he's happy to go there theologically. But look where he takes it. Jesus said to a woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you don't know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Hallelujah. He says, listen, a day's coming where, where the discussions about where you worship and geography and all of that are going to be swept to one side because something so magnificent is being brought in now that it's going to completely supersede that. 
There's going to be a worship that takes place that it doesn't matter what building you're in. It doesn't matter what plot of land you're standing on. It doesn't, these things become completely marginalized by the fact that you are joined in heart, in spirit, across the globe with all of those who have this fountain of living water that's been placed in them by the grace of God as we worship in spirit and in truth. The new covenant. Hallelujah. Absolutely glorious. Jesus says, okay, let's get theological, but I'm going to take you somewhere you've never even, you know, I'm taking you somewhere brand new. This is going to completely deal with all of these things that, that separate us. We're going to worship here or there. This is where we worship. And it ends up in division. Jesus says, no, we're going to break down all of those sorts of walls through my work on the cross. All of the hostilities whether it's Jew or Gentile, all of the historical things where people tend to separate social standing, male and female, you name it, we're going to deal with all of them at the cross and bring together a people that will, that will be united through their worship in spirit and in truth. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. She then says, she's, she's now, she's, it's, you know, She's laid bare. She's catching it. And she says, I know that Messiah is coming. He who is called Christ. So the the Samaritans were living with a messianic hope. They they had that as well as the Jews. I know Messiah is coming. He who is called Christ. When he comes, this is amazing. He'll tell us all things. When he comes, he'll tell us all things. Okay. So what she's doing here, she's revealing her spiritual hope. Actually, we are waiting for one. And it's going to tell us everything. Jesus says, I who speak to you am he. It's one of the most explicit claims Jesus gives of his Messiahship. I who speak to you am he. I'm here. It's me. And then we're told, we're going to respond soon. Just then his disciples came back. They marveled. He was talking with the woman. But no one said, what do you seek or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, come, see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? And they went out of the town and were coming to him. We know Jesus stayed there for a few days and many, many came to believe in him. What a saviour. It's so good to be around Jesus, isn't it? And around his words and catch his heart freshly. And today I want to just simply read that one sentence to you again before we respond, where Jesus said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Amen. Should we do some asking? It's 1127. So, yeah. It's all good. Um, just to say, if you've got children, um, they're going to uh, keep them in their past 11.30, so don't go and get them until we say so, all right? So we can stay and... Um, That's all sorted, all right? yeah. That's all sorted. So Fine. parents, just stay until we let you know from the front, all right? Okay, great. Thanks, Toby. Should we stand to our feet? Um, yeah, me and Mike, we're going to just help lead this, uh, lead this response time together. A, a church, a body of people filled with that overflowing water yeah. starts on an individual level, doesn't it? It starts with asking and receiving freshly. So, yeah. Mike, I'm going to do that with you.
First of all, Father, we just want to respond to what you've said to us. Father, you said that you were going to let the river flow from the house. You're going to let the river flow from our hearts. That's only something you can do. And so, Father, we just say, Lord, we ask you, ask you, Lord, let the river flow, we pray in Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just want to prophesy what your heart is for this place and for this region, that we prophesy, Lord, that you would increase the water level of the Holy Spirit in our midst, Lord, in Jesus' name. We ask you, God, that you would not just trickle under the door, but you would flow in a place that we have to swim in, that we can't stand in ourselves. So, Father, we say, come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. And then thank you, Jesus. This is our part, that Jesus kept it really simple. He just cried out. He says, if any of you are thirsty, let him come and drink. Let him come. Let the Lord lead you into the Holy Spirit. Let's just, just in our quietness of our own word, just talk to the Lord. Lord, I open my heart to you. I respond to what you said this morning. And out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray. Open our hearts. Lord, we, we step into the river right now. Maybe you're here and, and you've responded to that thought of, but I've been afraid of what the Holy Spirit would do in my life. I was afraid of all the, all the things I've seen. Maybe you've had some bad experiences in the past and you've kind of cut yourself off and allowed fear to make you fear of the water of the river of God. Father, in Jesus' name, I just pray right now for healing. Healing right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Now, Father, we just want to wait on you right now. Let's just lift our hands, put ourselves in, in a moment of receiving. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that by your Holy Spirit, you would fill and flood and flow through every one of us right now in Jesus' name as we wait on you. Let's just wait. Don't need to, to sing or pray or we're just going to wait. You might not feel anything physically in yourself. That's okay. He's still working. Even when we don't see it, he's working. He never stops working. Come. Wait on you. going to linger. Just simply asking in your heart. Just simply asking. I want more I want fresh water. I want, that, I want that living water freshly, Lord. Just asking. Lord, we pray for those that boat have been stuck. We pray, Father, that you would just bring the tide in and catch those boats up again. Just want to encourage you, just quietly under your breath, just begin, if you have a prayer language, a tongue, just begin to stir quietly. If you've never sort of experienced that, just 
Take a deep breath in and breathe out and just open your mouth and let him fill it. We're just stirring our hearts. We're drawing near to him. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. We're giving you space, Lord, to come. You're here. Touching every heart. Jesus. Sometimes our first response is tears, and God speaks first sometimes in our tears. He pours out our heart. I pour out my heart to you, for you are my refuge. Don't be afraid of tears. God's just washing our hearts, lifting off burdens. Yeah, Father, just increase. Doesn't matter if we don't feel anything, you're working. It's not a matter of what we feel. You're working deep in our hearts. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name, come. It's going to linger a little longer. And he led me in to ankle deep. And he led me into knee deep. And he led me, whoo, he led me into waist deep. He just keeps leading me deeper. I want to pray that from this moment, each of our lives will feel a leading of the Lord into deeper waters in our lives. Just wait on you, Lord. To speak peace to every mind that's just racing with a whole bunch of things. Just speak peace right now. Just God's just bringing some rewiring of our minds and our thinking and things that the arguments that we've set ourselves up against. More of you. Let's just step in one more time. Father, we just ask for more. Come, Lord. Not satisfied with just being knee deep and ankle deep. Lord, we want the fullness. I want to leave here today, Lord, with the fullness of what you have for me today. Lord, I just open my heart again afresh. I keep it open, Lord. Let your river flow, Lord. Let your river flow. waiting in the presence of God I just feel reminded um, just keep your focus on the Lord just feel reminded of 
there are you know there's the the the, the most natural and um, uh, unhindered life in the spirit is a life of uh, the river of God just flowing. It's, that's the norm. It's not like unusual or extraordinary. It's the norm. And so sometimes we we can ask ourselves, why doesn't it feel like that? We, and it's not it's not because um, it's not God's will for us or anything like that. But sometimes what can happen is, is rocks can get in the way. It's like frequently in the Bible is the idea of, of wells being um, blocked blocked up. And it can be to do with disappointment. It can be to do with offense. Um, it can be to do with um, uh, uh, hearts being closed up due to pain or whatever. And that's where before God in his moments, you've got to remember we're not asking for, even though the imagery is water, it's not an impersonal thing. It's the Holy Spirit. He is God. And so... And so it's not, it's not like an f- impersonal formula to, to receive the Spirit. It's God, God as, as our loving Father dealing with our hearts. And um, as we yeah, just in his good. presence, if you just know there's rocks of unbelief, or there's rocks of offense, or there's rocks of uh, closed, closed your heart due to pain or disappointment, or whatever, I want to just ask you to start saying, Lord, I remove, I, I, I'm going to take that rock out of the way. I'm going to unblock the well of my heart. I'm going to not allow anything um, to get in the way of this, this flow. Okay, so the flow is just, it's just, it's just it's life in the kingdom. Yeah. But uh, if, you, if you're sensing, you just feel, I feel like that, that, that in my walk with God, the flow is not how it should be. Just ask, Lord, Lord, is there any, are there any rocks in the way? Is there anything yeah. that could be getting Absolutely. in the way? And as he reveals things to you, just give them up to say, Lord Jesus, I bring that to the foot of the cross. So I'm not going to allow that yeah. in my heart so that there can just be a, a fresh sense of God breaking in. So just give it, to take a moment to just give him those things, those things like this woman, this thing around, you know, that was perhaps most painful or shameful for her. She said, let's talk about that as part of the conversation. Bring those things that are in your deepest heart to the Lord. Say, God, I want to just bring this to you and let him touch you in terms of healing, restoration. Let him touch you. Uh, in terms of the waters beginning to flow in fresh ways into those areas of your life. So let's, let's just let's lift our... Can I ask you to, us to be bold and um, to lift our voices to the Lord in, in doing that? Um, if we all do it, no one's, we won't hear each other, so it'll be fine. <laughs> if one or two of us do, we'll be really exposed. So if we could all just lift our voices to the Lord, anything you think, Lord, this could be getting in the way. Let's just lift our voices all together, all across this room, and give... All our burdens to God. Anything Jesus that could get in the way, yes, just give God. it to the Lord. Yes, say, tell the Jesus Lord what's in your heart. Lord, I want to know more of the flow of your spirit in our life. Let's do that. Let's learn to unburden our hearts to him. Let's learn to be able to talk it out and give him the details and give it all to him and d- develop that relationship. Let's do that for a minute or two and just trust that he's going to respond as our loving heavenly father as we share our hearts with him. Let's go for it.
Yeah. I'm just going to, I'm going to call out. I'm going to call out what, what the thing that, that I know for me is, is an issue. And then I want to just offer an invitation for people to just call out. Just say, Lord, for me, Lord, it's the fear of man. It's fear of what other people think of me. I want you to, I want you to heal me of that more and more. Lord, I want to I walk in more freedom. Lord, not be hindered by what people think. And have an eye, Lord, for, for what you think. So, Lord, I want to pray freshly touch me and heal me today from the fear of man. Yeah. In Jesus' yeah. name. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So you haven't got to pray as long yeah. as that, but just call it, call yeah. it out. You might say it's fear or yeah. pain. You know, yeah. just call it out. Let's, be, let's kind of get really yeah. responsive yeah. and engaged uh, in that way together, corporately. I believe that the Lord will really help us as we do that more and more. God, I call out intimidation and being self-conscious, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Bring healing, Lord. Bring healing. Touch my spirit. Touch him. Bring healing there, Lord. In Jesus' name. Bring healing. Come on, Lord. Come on. Yes, Lord. Bring healing there, we pray in Jesus' name. Minister to hearts. Yes, bring yeah. healing there. Come on, bring breakthrough, Lord, we pray. Yes, come on, Lord, bring it. In a room this size, you'll speak over each other. It doesn't matter. It's for God's ears primarily, but let's yeah. just call out things. Yeah, just call it out. Bring healing. Bring healing. Come on, Lord, bring healing. Come on, Lord. Sweep through. Sweep through, Lord, we pray. Come on, Lord. Touch hearts. Bring liberty. Break down strongholds, Lord. Come on, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, Lord. We pray. Break down strongholds. Come minister, Lord. Come on, minister, Lord. We pray. Even the fear of calling it out right now in Jesus' name. Lord, give us a spirit of fear. Come on, Lord. Power. The power to open our voice. The power to speak. Yeah, Lord. The power to declare. Come on, Lord. The power to agree with you, Jesus. Yes. Come on, Lord. We welcome you. We welcome you with honesty, Lord God. We welcome you with confession. Come on, Lord. Bring that healing in there, Lord. We pray. Yes. Come on, God. Come on, Lord. Come on, Lord. Come on, Lord. Come on, Lord. Come on, God. They're also just, there's elders, deacons, small group leaders need to call stuff out. There's leaders, you need to call things out. We just, I just feel, feel it in my, it's quickening in my spirit. Come on, we're all, all in the same boat. Yep. Jesus' name. <laughs> we're all in the same boat. Yeah. Come on, Lord. Come on, Jesus' name. Yes. yes, God. Jesus' name. Come on, Jesus. Come on, Lord. Yeah. Minister to us. Minister to us. Minister to us. Minister to us, Lord. Flow. Flow in, Lord, and flow out, we pray. Minister to us. Come on, Lord. Jesus' name. Yes. Deliver people from the fear of rejection, we pray. That's right, in Jesus' name. Yeah. Sweep through, Lord. Flood into those areas. The Spirit now. of the Lord is there's freedom. Hallelujah. Yeah. Freedom. And fresh freedom. Fresh water. People's lives. Everything that was stale is now fresh. Come on, Lord. Turn the taps on. Turn the taps on. Yeah, turn the taps on. 
Father, break off of us chaos and confusion, Lord God. Yes. In our lives, in our yes, hearts, in our right. thinking, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Jesus' name. Jesus Yes. Yes. Father, thank you now for your spirit yes. that just floods into those places, you, those Lord. displaced rocks yeah. now yeah. fill and flood right Amen. now. Fill Amen, and Lord. flood, Lord God. Fill yes. and flood. Lord, touch my fight. heart, Lord, yes. with your Holy Spirit. Yes, I open space, Lord God. Come, fill this open space, Lord, as I clear out the cupboard. Lord, fill it with your light. Fill it with your life. Fill it with your power. Fill it with your grace. Fill it with your confidence. Fill it with the fruit of your spirit. Lord God, in Jesus' name, come fill us right now. In Jesus' name, and let this flow of our hearts, Lord, not just be in these walls, but to flow out, Lord God. Father, open the doors of our lives. Lord, open the hearts of our places, Lord God, that open that this river would flow, Lord, into our workplaces, that would flow into our, into our communities, that would flow into our conversations. Let us be carriers. Let us be contagions of your Holy Spirit, Lord, in Jesus' name. I also just feel that part of the release of this is the release of healing, that the leaves of healing. And I just want to, to quickly finish with, with just praying that if anyone here that needs healing, um, it, physically, emotionally, spiritually, I just want, just want you to put, your, put a hand if you can where you need healing. Just lift up your hand as well just so that people around you can, this is where some of the lead folks and people around, everyone else around, just look at some of the people that have their hand up and just let's lay hands on them right now and just pray right now. We're just going to activate something of what God is doing right now. In Jesus' name. The rest of us, let's just start praying. In Jesus' name, Father, we pray right now. Maybe even just quietly where you are, just you can put a hand where you just need healing, or maybe online if you're here, if you're there, and, and you just need a touch from God. In Jesus' name, right now, 
The Lord healed my mom in Canada while she was watching it on ketchup from, our, from England. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I pray right now. Father, the river flows, your Holy Spirit moves, and there's leaves for healing. And we pray right now for each of these situations right now. We pray for healing right now in Jesus' name. We speak to pain. We speak to illness, long-term, long COVID, long-term situations, Lord God. In Jesus' name, we pray for healing right now. And we thank you in advance for the testimonies that are going to come from this moment, Lord God. And Father, I pray that from this moment forward, we would see more and more testimonies and acts of healing right now, that you would use us to lay hands on people and to pray right now for healing in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Lord, I just pray right now for a fresh release of healing in this house. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Healing right now. Father, one more time we pray right now for these situations. For healing. We pray for your release, your healing, and your empowerment right now. And Father, we just want to thank you for your words over us today. We thank you. Let's just thank him as well. Thank you, God, in Jesus' name.